Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, well, welcome to the show, Fifth Street Soccer, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Gieber, along with my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. We've got a big show tonight. We've been, uh, both of us, uh, busy outside of the show the last uh, few days, so we needed to check back in with everyone to let you know that uh, we apologize, first of all, for not being as frequent the last few days as we like. We like to be with you Monday through Friday. That is our time slot, uh, and that is where we will be. Uh, but, Kartik, uh, much going on in the Premier League, of course. The big story, the defeat by Manchester City. And I'm going to tell everybody why, for those people who are calling the t- title race now, they need their heads examined. Uh, and uh, the Champions League as well, Kartik, where Liverpool go down to defeat, uh, Chelsea go down to defeat. Not a great day for English teams, but also day one of the group stages. Yeah, day one of the group stages. And I think uh, these games tend to be, sometimes tend to be outliers. I remember how bad Inter was in the group stage uh, the year they won the Champions League, Inter Milan, uh, and uh, to Spurs, how bad they were in the group stage last year, how close to elimination they were on several occasions, uh, and then they end up in the Champions League final. So sometimes you can't make a lot of it, but there's uh, uh, a lot to take from it as well. I mean, Napoli is a good team under Ancelotti, very tough to beat and break down at home, and obviously uh, Chelsea uh, – are a young team, so you're, they're going to be hit or miss at times, and and we know that in Frank Lampard's first season. So a lot to uh, to break down. Also, Barcelona Dortmund was a game we were all very excited about. Two high flying sides. We get a nil nil draw. Well, I for one was not ex- uh, was not expecting anything other than Matt Kartik, and we'll discuss my <laughs> uncanny prediction abilities uh, after we come back from the break. Uh, this is Fifth Street Soccer, 800-878-7529. If you'd like to give us a call in the studio, uh, find us on Twitter, uh, at Fifth Street Sports. If you'd like to join us on the social media, uh, we can do that on Twitter or on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. Uh, great to be with you. We're here Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on these networks, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. We're going to step aside, take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this on Fistry Soccer. All right. Welcome back to the show, Fistry Soccer, Sports Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. Nikita Gautic, and I were talking a little Champions League football this segment. But before we do, you know, the NFL, wow, it is back. It's back with a vengeance. And at the end of a hard week, it's just great to sit down, take some time off and watch some football, whether it's game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives or running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to have a little bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and the best lines, better lines than any other sports book. So don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the absolute best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them, seriously, if they weren't the absolute best. So join now. MyBookie will double your first deposit. You use promo code 5STREET. That's 5STREET 
to activate this offer. That's promo code Five Street, and you can only get that by visiting mybookie.ag today. Kartik, funnily enough, talking about sports betting. Uh, as you know, I give my Premier League predictions on uh, Picks and Parlays Radio on this very network, uh, which is uh, Monday through Friday at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 Eastern. And uh, I've given some cracking Premier League predictions, uh, a couple of big paydays uh, and some big upsets, namely the uh, couple of the big draws that we had going on. Uh, if you remember, Kartik, it was what Newcastle, Watford, Arsenal, Spurs. I gave those as both draws. They both played quite big. You remember that, right, Kartik? Yep, I do. Yeah, so uh, this guy uh, comes to me on Twitter and he asked me if I've got any Premier League picks for the week. His name's uh, Nonso, uh, at D-S-E-J, I think that's it. Uh, anyway, I said, uh, no, I'll probably give you some more picks next week because for those of you that follow the show, you know, uh, you know I'm on vacation and so uh, I haven't been uh, maybe on the air every day here. So then he says, thanks for the amazing crazy picks two weeks ago, but you didn't drop any for this week. Now, he's getting really greedy here, quite frankly, Kartik. He must have his eye on a deposit on a new Ferrari or perhaps a new house. I don't know. I said, I've been off this week. I'll have some fresh picks for you next week. He said he's counting on me. He says uh, whatever I give him is going to be hot. Then he says, anything for the midweek Champions League picks? And I just said, well, nothing I particularly like today. It's obviously for today, which is a Tuesday. I said, except maybe a draw in the Dortmund-Barcelona match. It depends if Messi mm. starts or not. And Kartik, what was the result in that match today? It was a draw, although I have to point out Marco Royce missed a penalty kick. But yes, it was a draw. Well, that doesn't change that. That doesn't change the result, does it? No. Probably if so, he had converted that penalty, Barcelona would have equalized. It's just the way yeah, you're going exactly. that would have happened. It would have been a draw yeah, regardless. So, uh, the the, the so run I, of I, luck, or should I say permanent class, you're on. Well, thank you, Kartik. I do appreciate it. We did have a very interesting day in the Champions League today. And you were quite active on Twitter, Kartik. You were saying something like, uh, uh, so much for the uh, best league in the world. They did badly today. But, you know, Kartik, I would draw your attention to uh, Group Day 1 last year in the Champions League. Liverpool had that 1-1 uh, or 2-2 with Sevilla. I forget what it was. Joe Gomez with the red card. I think, oh, who else lost that day? Didn't Tottenham lose? I don't remember. Manchester Very City, yeah, mixed bag. Yeah, Manchester City yeah. to Leon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it's one of these things, you know. I don't like, certainly when it comes to betting, I don't like to bet the really early group stage matches in the in the Champions League because you, you're just not quite sure what the teams are playing for and you're not quite sure, you know, if they've got a big league match, especially, you know, post-international break. And there's all sorts of variables this early on in the Champions League that make it a bit of a crapshoot. I just took a look at this Dortmund-Barcelona match and that just smelt like a draw to me. So that's the uh, advice I gave. But they are, you know, it, it's a crapshoot, and it's not an indication of uh, necessarily of uh, how the uh, Champions League is going to pan out. Yeah, and Dortmund and Barcelona are two teams that have been scoring a lot of goals early in the season in their domestic leagues. Uh, Dortmund scored a ton of goals last season, too. Uh, they met, and it was a nil-nil draw. So, again, another uh, another sign that they're, they're – that you can't re read too much into this. Um, uh, Napoli, another team that's been giving up a ton of goals uh, in, in Serie A. They didn't give up a goal in the game today. Um, you know, the thing I, I, I find 
interesting about this match day one, though, we have to talk about this from an American perspective. The team that did come out and play really well were uh, RB Salzburg. And they've got Jesse Marsh as their head coach, a former Chivas USA player. You're familiar with him, obviously. Um, and I, this is a, a big breakthrough for American coaches in Europe, potentially, uh, with him qualifying Salzburg for the group stage of the Champions League and now uh, getting a result. Uh, they'll finish third in that group, but that'll keep them in the Europa League. So that that's a, a nice little boost at a time when nothing in American soccer, at least on the men's side, seems to be going right. At least you have one uh, standout coach who... Um, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll coach at an even bigger club in the near future. Well, we'll have to see. Of course, you mentioned Red Bull, uh, uh Red Bull Salzburg, and um, uh, it is interesting because, uh, you know, you see a lot of these uh, quote unquote smaller teams, uh, that you maybe don't see on a regular basis do quite well in these group stages, the early group stages of the Champions League. However, it seems sort of inevitable that when you get down to who who come finishes top and who finishes second? It's generally generally the surprises are not that big. Yeah, it's generally the teams from the top five leagues in Europe, um, and really the top four leagues, and then uh, PSG it, it, and and one of the Portuguese teams will generally get out of the group, uh, whether it's Porto or Benfica, uh, they'll get they'll get out. So that's yeah, there are not that many surprises generally in who finishes. I mean, what. what when I was mentioning Salzburg, I think the positioning for them is to try and finish third. I believe they're in a group. They might be in a group with Dortmund and Barcelona. I mean, they're not getting out of that group. Like, I can't remember which group they're in. Right. I think it's that group. Um, we know who's coming out of that group. We just don't know who's going to be first, who's going to be second. Um, I think also something that I'm, I'm finding interesting early in European football. Now, obviously, this is our first Champions League match day, but um, in, in domestic leagues is the amount of of goal scoring this year in the Premier League, in the Bundesliga, and in Serie A is up. Uh, La Liga, it's about the same, but it's high. Um, France, I haven't checked. But there seems to be a growing imbalance, Nick, in the European game. And we didn't necessarily see it today, but uh, in the domestic leagues between attack and defense. And and I think maybe as Mm -hmm. the Champions League wears on, we're going to see some 4-2, 5-3 games. We're going to see some matches like the Ajax uh, Spurs match last season, or Man City Spurs, which was what eight six six something like that on aggregate. Yeah, well, I mean, we're already uh, we're saw Salzburg like Gank. I mean, well, Salzburg yeah, Gank was yeah. six two. So there's an eight. There's an eight goal. Right. Game. There's an eight goal. Of course, goal game. T- tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow there are some absolutely mouthwatering fixtures. Though tomorrow we've got PSG Real Madrid in Paris. Can't wait for that one. And of course, yeah. we've got uh, in Spain Atletico Juventus, which is a match I think everybody's looking forward to seeing. Uh, luckily, at different, uh, slightly different. No, they're at the same time, same kickoff, right? Yeah, I, I've been disappointed by both those teams early on in uh, their domestic leagues, uh, Juventus and, and Atleti. Uh, Juventus looks suddenly quite human, uh, Nick. I, I, I think maybe they have too many good players now, and they. Uh, yeah. uh, Sorry, has come in. He's very rigid in his four-three-three. You know, he's not very pragmatic. You'll never see him play a four-four-two or a three-five-two or four. Four five one. He's very and 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 he's got a, a glut of midfielders at that team, and yet he's only playing three of them at once, and then playing guys out of position a lot to fit his system. Um, so far, it hasn't looked that great. Although they beat Napoli when they played them head to head, Atleti has not looked good in, in La Liga. I, I think they're having a hard time transitioning from Simeone's very negative. Uh, a hard tackling type style to uh, a more free flowing style now that they have so many good attacking players. 
Uh, and then, obviously, uh, I, I think you have uh, uh, in Real Madrid and PSG a showcase match that, uh, look, I, I, these are the sorts of matches PSG has to start winning. Uh, honestly, I, right, I we'll think... Pick. Yeah, yeah. Let's sorry. pick up the discussion on the other side of the break. That's all right, Kartik. Uh, you, you touched on the big one, though. We'll do that when we come back. History yeah. Soccer, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Series XM211. Want to say hi to Kerry? I'm going to see you on Sunday. Can't wait. All right, we'll be right back after this. Ah, a little Iggy Pop. No fun. How cool is that? Welcome back to Street Soccer. We play the best music on this show, by the way. Uh, hands down the best. Where, what other show are you going to hear? The Dead Kennedys, Iggy Pop, uh, The Adolescents, The Circle Jerks, The Stranglers, The Clash. Uh, all the good stuff, Kartik. Right here, History Soccer. Yeah, classic rock. We, we, we can give classic vinyl on Sirius, uh, uh, I think that's Channel 26, a real run for its money. Yeah, and Marky Ramone's punk rock jukebox as well. But enough about that, Kartik. More about us, because uh, we are our favorite topic. Uh, we're talking Champions League football here on the show. Uh, match day one under our belt. Uh, both Chelsea and Liverpool fail to get wins. Uh, no alarm bells ringing whatsoever. Just normal, exciting Champions League football. That's why you watch it. Look, if the teams you expect to win won every week, it'd be boring, right, Kartik? Yeah, it would be boring. Uh, and things certainly aren't boring. When you have uh, the likes of Norwich beating Manchester City and some of the other upsets we've Ooh. seen early in the season, uh, Sheffield United getting a draw against Chelsea, uh, those sorts of results. Uh, so things never boring. Never boring. Well, <clears throat> you touched on the big match tomorrow, really the marquee uh, Champions yeah. League fixture of the weekend, uh, which is in Paris. It's PSG versus Real Madrid. And, you know, Kartik, we have talked about this uh, on quite a few occasions that. With the World Cup coming up in Qatar next year, 20, or was it 2020, right? Um, 2022. Pardon me. Excuse me. 2022. Uh, Euros, of course, in, uh, next year. With the World Cup coming up in 2022, um, you know, PSG are going to have to show something for the investment that Qatar have put into it. If they don't, once the World Cup is over, I see very little reason for them to stay invested in such a small market, in such a team. Uh, uh, in a relatively small market, no disrespect to Paris, uh, don't get me wrong, a wonderful city, but uh, uh, Liga 1 is a small global league in comparison to, say, the big four uh, European leagues of uh, England, uh, Italy, Spain, Germany, uh, definitely Serie A, uh, pardon me, uh, Ligue 1, a uh, red-headed stepchild. This is the sort of match that they need to win, Kartik. They need to come out of this group top and make a statement. Otherwise, they're just forever going to be this team that is always trying to get is into the party, but just is never quite cool enough. Yeah, and and quite frankly, is never going to be in the same conversation as the Real Madrids of the world, who, who they play tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll also say one other thing in def, in um, in support of what you just said. Paris is not a very big football town compared to London or Munich or Madrid sure. or Rome or Milan uh, or Manchester. So even though Paris is the global capital of culture, it's not uh, a football town on the level of a Madrid or a London uh, or, or Milan. I mean, it's, it's just it's a second second rate place, even in football in, in football terms. So 
Um, yeah, I, I would argue it's not even the kind of football town Amsterdam is or Brussels is. So, uh, right. PSG always was a weird investment in, in a way. And, and I've heard some speculation recently, not only along the lines of what you just said, but also that that might happen in the United States after 2026 with MLS owners who are just invested in it uh, uh, to get the payday from the World Cup and uh, the credibility of the World Cup they host, and then they'll bail. But that's a conversation for another day. This match, uh, PSG has to come out on top of this group. Okay, I, I, I think the statement that they they have to make a statement that they are in the same category and the same league as the Real Madrid's and the Barcelona's and the Manchester United's. Well, not Manchester United anymore, but, you know, the Liverpool's of the world. Yeah. Um, that was a slip, by the way. I was thinking it was 10 years ago when I mentioned Manchester United. Oh, yeah. But, um, time warp. Time warp. The, yeah, yeah. But the reality is, even though they were so close to eliminating Barcelona a few seasons ago and, and really got unlucky, right, in that second leg in Barcelona uh, at the Camp Nou, they, even though they were so close to uh, eliminating Real Madrid a few years ago, the bottom line is when they met one of these teams, these big teams in Europe, they generally will. And, yes, they it's won the group fest, last season with it's Liverpool and Napoli fest. in it. Yeah. What? It's a yeah, they won a group with Liverpool and Napoli in it, but yet no one remembers that because Liverpool won the Champions League and PSG were out in the second round. So I, I think this this game means more to them than it does to Real Madrid. I think this group stage probably means more to them than any other team in the competition. So ESPN had an interesting article and basically said uh, there's only three teams that are going to win the Champions League this year. It's either Liverpool, Manchester City, or Barcelona. Now, I, I think that that's... A little premature. But having said that, it is hard to see a Bayern Munich doing it, given their current makeup. Um, you know, Real Madrid look, looking a little fragile, let's be honest. PSG, if there is yeah. a year for PSG to do it, this might be it, Kartik. Yeah, you know, I... I... I'm thinking, having watched Bayern these first few weeks, although they, they didn't get the job done this weekend against uh, a Leipzig in, in an important match in, in the Bundesliga. Yeah. But uh, once they get Coutinho integrated, I really like some of the, the, the defensive parts they signed. They could be a threat also. But uh, they're still, I think, behind PSG. Uh, PSG still has Neymar, irrespective of everything else we've said about him. We've spent the whole summer dumping on him, Nick. He is back. He's got a point to prove, you would think, if he's ever going to uh, uh, enter himself in the pantheon of great footballers. He's going to need to do it this season with PSG after everything that's happened. Um, he has a point to prove. I think they've got some other uh, important parts on that team. So, um, yeah, I think it's more open this season than it's been. I don't think Barcelona is particularly good, although they did look good against Valencia this weekend. Uh, today they didn't. Uh, I think Dortmund were the better team. And, um, yeah, I think this is, well, this is well, the no, chance well, for no PSG. Messi over and if the they weekend. don't – yeah. Uh, and, and, ha, and if they don't win it, uh, Nick, this season – I know we talked about 2022 um, – might be when they sell the team. I think if they don't win it this year, this is when they start bringing up – this is when they start breaking up the team next summer. They start dismantling it. I, I think so. You'd have to say it's a failed experiment. Look, looking forward to some of the matches tomorrow. Uh, Bruges, Galatasaray. I, I don't have an opinion about that one, quite honestly. 
Um, you know, if it was uh, in in Turkey, I would say it would be a more difficult match to easily match to predict. Uh, PSG Real Madrid. Uh, I'm going to say, whew, that's such a hard match to predict. Uh, I'm going to go for a PSG victory. I'm gonna I want to say two one, two one. <laughs> We're thinking the same, and maybe I'll have some luck yeah. because you seem to pick everything right. I'm going to say 2-1 as well. Yeah, okay. Olympiacos Spurs. Um, I just don't know which Spurs team at this point is going to show up at any given time. It's so hard to predict this. Anything with Spurs right now is very difficult to predict. I'm going to pass on a prediction there. Uh, Bayern Munich, Red Star, Belgrade. I'm going to say Bayern Munich. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb, Atlanta. I think Zagreb will probably win that uh, 1-0, 2-1, something like that. Shakhtar, uh, Atalanta is though. a. By the way, Atalanta is a very fun team, open team to watch. Uh, going to Champions League, though, is a little... Yeah, it's a little... <sighs> a bridge too far, so I, I'd say the same thing there. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be my predictions uh, on that one. Um, Atletico Juve. Uh, pardon me, Shakhtar, Man City. Oh, I'm going to go with a city victory. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 2-0 City. Uh, city have lost the last two times they've gone to Ukraine and needed to win. So I know, but uh, they didn't I just think... get beat. They just didn't get upset in the Premier League. This is Well, right. I mean, that's true. Win. If they had this not lost match, that match, won. I think there's a... Yeah, that's a great point, Nick. I think if they hadn't lost that game, uh, that match at the weekend to Norwich, they might be vulnerable here. I'm going to say it's a draw, which is probably a good re- result for City, given central defensive problems and uh, and and uh, the and long injury. trip. Uh, Shakhtar yeah. always has good Brazilian players, by the way. And um, yeah, I've seen do. them in person. Always. They've come to Florida a few times. All right, Atletico, Juve. <laughs> oh, so I, uh, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to pass know. on this one. I'm going to. I'm going to pass. <sighs> Safest thing is say a draw, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really see this being a draw. I think someone's going to win it. I just don't know who. It's too early uh... in the season to really talk about predictions with any type of, you know, certainty here. Uh, Bayern Leverkusen against Lokomotiv Moscow. I'm going to pass on that one too. So if you're looking to me for my great betting picks for tomorrow. I guess the best one I'm going to give you is a PSG victory at home against Real Madrid 2-1. Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, I have to say Leverkusen got carved up at the weekend and watched that game against Dortmund. Uh, I would expect them to bounce back. Although, again, I have to confess, I don't know much about Lokomotiv, but uh, uh, yeah. Leverkusen had or a good team that played unusually badly against uh, a good Dortmund team the other day. So I, I'm going to say they win that game. Two, let's say 2-1. 2-1, okay. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I'll go with that. As I said, I'm I'm going to pass. As in, no opinion. Um, it's tough. When we come back, and we still got a minute and a half here, but when we come back uh, after the break, I do want to get into the uh, Premier League, Kartik. You talked about the City defeat against Norwich. There were some other very interesting results over the weekend too, in the Premier League. Uh, but I really think, quite frankly, the big story in the Premier League. Uh, is not Man City losing because they lost last season three times, if I'm not mistaken, Kartik. Yeah. And um, still won the title. And, of course, Liverpool lost once and did not win the title. Uh, I think the story to really talk about has to be Arsenal. And when we come back, let's start our discussion of the Premier League. You're listening to Fifth Street Soccer 
I'm Nick Gieber. He's co-host at Krishna. You can find us Monday through Friday on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM211 Dan Patrick Sports. We are also on a whole slew of digital platforms. iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app. Our podcast is put up at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V Podcast Network. It's literally within maybe 10 minutes of the end of the show, the podcast is there. So if you've missed any of it, that's a wonderful place to catch up on it and subscribe to our podcast. You'll get notified every time a new one is up. All right, we're going to step aside, take a break, and be right back after this. Welcome back to Three Sports. We're talking the Premier League. Carter Krishnire and Nick Eber with you. And we had such an interesting weekend this weekend in the Premier League, Nick. Most notably, Norwich City at home in front of a ruckus crowd and Delia Smith, obviously, the owner, uh, upsetting Manchester City. Titanic upset, but the sort of upset, quite frankly, Nick, we see early in seasons. We don't necessarily see these sorts of Titanic upsets with newly promoted teams beating title, uh, title hopefuls uh, in March or April. But nonetheless, it was still very fun to watch, even in September. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And look, it's um, for those people that are looking at every point and saying the title race is over, uh, and I'm a Liverpool supporter, as everybody knows, and desperate to win the title, I would just caution people and remind them that I think beginning of December, Liverpool were top of the table by 11 points, Kartik, uh, and went on to finish the league with uh, one defeat the entire season and still lost to Man City who came back and made up that 11 points. So it's, it's, I agree with Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, by by the way, both of whom said the same thing, which is that it's way too early to be talking about the title. What you should take away from this though, is that when it comes to the Premier League on Evan, on any given week, anything can happen. And if you're betting, if you're somebody that likes to place a little wager on sports, be careful because, you know, it's, it's, not, it's never as predictable as you might think. You have to look at the style of Norwich City. I mean, Norwich City won the championship and they won it with a wide-open, flowing, attacking style of football. Uh, that is still the style of football that they play. They haven't changed their style of football, Kartik. And they got City, I think, maybe looking with one eye at the Champions League. Certainly, City were not ready for the, the sort of run a combination of both bad luck that they had there and Norwich's constant press and the fact that Norwich were not, were not really uh, intimidated by them. And, and I think that's what it was. And we're going to see that. We'll see that with all the teams. Uh, not every team is an arsenal. Not every team is a team that drops its knickers and takes a dump every time it sees <laughs> someone that might beat them. Yeah, uh, Norwich uh, put more, created more chances in the first week of the season, first match day of the season at Anfield than any club did, any opponent of Liverpool did at any point last season uh, in the right. Premier League. And um, you have to understand the way Daniel Farka has them set up to play. Another uh, German manager, another German-Austrian manager, right, uh, that is, is from the Jurgen Klopp school, actually managed under Klopp uh, at Dortmund. Uh, the number of guys that Dortmund 
have produced that are good coaches is, is extraordinary. The number of, you know, we see this sometimes in American football where you'll say, hey, all these guys were on Bill Parcells coaching staff or all these guys were on Joe Paterno's uh, coaching staff and, and they became great head coaches uh, or Tom Landry's coaching staff. You're now seeing that with um, Jurgen Klopp, all the people who were on his staff at, uh, at, Borussia Dortmund in the early part of this decade, uh, John Seward, uh, David Wagner, Daniel Farka have gone on to become very good managers in their own right. Um, and and uh, you see a lot of the elements of what Klopp does at Liverpool, albeit with a lot more talent at Liverpool, in the way Farka uh, had that Norwich team that was not fancied at the beginning of last season, stormed the championship. They dropped three of their first five matches in the championship. Lost, I think, one match the rest of the season. Final 41 matches lost once. They are fearless. They have not come into the Premier League saying, you know what, let's try and uh, let's try and grind out nil-nils and smash and grab one-nils. Yeah. They are continuing to play this type of football they did in the championship and the type of football that Farka learned from Jurgen Klopp. Uh, and it's great to watch because in the past, Nick, we've seen in the Premier League newly promoted teams uh, come up. We even saw one last year in Cardiff under Neil Warnock. Just come up and say, we're going to sit 10 men behind the ball. You're going to have to break us down. Yeah. That's not any fun for, for those of us who watch no. the sport. So um, I'm uh, by, obviously by I'm a city shot. supporter and disappointed we lost that match, but I'm all for Norwich. Congratulations to them, and I want to see more of it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, honestly, uh, it's the title race is, uh, is, is alive and kicking. Uh, just because Liverpool five points above City doesn't mean they've won the title five games in. There's right. uh, 33 more games to play. So everybody calm down, hold your horses, and uh, just remember again. I mean, if you remember last season, we went through, what, the first eight weeks, and there were, what, four unbeaten teams? Yeah, including uh, uh, a Chelsea team under Maurizio Sarri that by the time uh, we got to January, we're sitting fifth or sixth on the table. But then they fought yeah. back and got the third. Point is, it's a yeah. very long season. Every match matters, Nick. But you can't overreact to one or two results uh, in August and September. Yeah. What I want to talk about, though, looking at this, I mean, obviously, I want to get to Arsenal. And we're going to talk about them in a minute. But if how fascinating it is right now that the top four are Liverpool, City, Tottenham, and Man United. And, uh, you know, for all of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's difficulties he's had, uh, I believe you are starting to see uh, a core of a team come forward and start to play decent football, have some unifying, uh, you know, I think unify under Solskjaer. I think the fact that, you know, they came off this sort of wickedly awful three-match spell where they lost to, you know, drew to Wolves, lost to Crystal Palace, the draw against Southampton. But then to come in and beat, you know, Leicester City, who are a sort of another top five, six contender, uh, was a really good result, albeit it was home, albeit it was 1-0. Um, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see. But look, at the beginning of the season, uh, we had John Barr on this show, and he he liked uh, Leicester City for a top four finish, Kartik. And I think they're going to be in this equation. They're going to be in this discussion. Yeah, I think they are. I, I, I said it before. I said it at the end of last season, I thought they'd finish in the top four. They still had uh, Harry Maguire at the time. They've sold him, so I'm right. I'm hedging a bit. They haven't gotten as much out of Iose Perez. Uh, as uh, we, I think they would have hoped, uh, who obviously they bought big transfer from uh, Newcastle. Let me give you another team to keep an eye on, Nick. 
Um, and they didn't have a great result this week, although that man, it was a it was a grind grind out result. I think West, West Ham, Ham, with uh, all yeah, their yeah. players fit, are a team that could finish in the top six. Uh, and not many people are talking about Manuel Pellegrini's team, but look at that team on paper. Um, when they have all their guys fit, when Snodgrass is fit, when Lanzini's fit, when Edmilson Fernandez is fit, uh, and uh, and now they've got Holler, the, the the really good striker they signed from Eintracht, uh, from Eintracht Frankfurt. I Frankfurt, think yeah. uh, they have a shot. Um, and uh, everyone wrote them off after the 5-0 opening day against Manchester City. Bad performance, no doubt. But uh, they've bounced back strong since then. I, I think they might be on eight points now. They, they're probably in the top six already or top eight. I don't have oh, a table are. in front no, of me. But I think, yeah, no, they're, yeah. they're on eight points. They're, they're tied with Tottenham yeah. with, on eight points. It's just goal differential. Uh, you know, and last season, also we were talking about West Ham as potential contenders as well, if you remember, uh, for a sort of top-of-the-table-ish yeah. finish. Uh, but they never really seemed to develop. And another team in a, in a building and restructuring and 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 chemistry building phase. I agree with you, Kartik, but let's talk about Arsenal for a minute because, um, you know, I have to think that Unai Emery is the next manager for the sack because uh, I look at this team and I see a manager that is tactically clueless, that doesn't line up his squad uh, based on the team he's playing, that has only one tactic to play, uh, is a poor man manager, and quite frankly, has a team that is just capitulates before they even come out onto the pitch. But I, so I would not be surprised to see Emery go, but I've been thinking, Kartik, what do you think the chances of seeing Arsene Wenger return? Because I would ask this of Arsenal supporters, you still wish that Wenger left? Um, I uh, would love to see Wenger return. I think, um, I, I, I think the thing with Emery though, is that he's, um, he, he's a guy Crap. that's just inherently cautious, right? So um, he's inherently he's a guy nervous. that, well, yeah. I mean, I I think he, he he's just he's he's a very negative manager. So which is the opposite of Wenger, you know? Maybe that's why they brought him in. They want a guy that's that that that's uh, uh, not uh, not going to keep attacking and not, and not uh, is going to be more um, uh, pragmatic defensively. But what you're seeing is uh, a lack of belief, uh, a tactical. A misunderstanding of you know a misunderstanding of his personnel, and I think in reality a, a manager who um, is thinking of himself as just kind of a link manager, and he's not. I don't think he thinks he's there for the long haul. Here's the one question about a Wenger return. Wenger always had total control of uh, of personnel decisions at Arsenal. He was the football club for all intents and purposes. Now there's a director of football, albeit a guy he, who played for him, right? Edu, the, the former Brazilian uh, great and, and great player for Arsenal for a few years, right? Um, under Wenger. But would Wenger accept a former player of his being the boss and Wenger being the manager? Because Wenger was a manager and technical director and chief bottle washer and kit man yeah. and all of this stuff essentially at Arsenal, right? He was everything at that football club, much like Ferguson was at Manchester United, which is why they've had such a hard time kicking on after he if left. You'll stand Arsenal's having similar difficulty once Wenger left. I, I don't know if he'd accept a role where he has to work under a, a director of football. That's why I think he probably wouldn't come back unless Kroenke and if company gave him full control. If you're Stan Kroenke, if you're Stan Kroenke, 
and you're looking at Arsenal Football Club right now, five games into the season, seventh place in the league, okay? Zero goal differential. In other words, they've conceded eight goals. They've scored eight goals. Two wins, two draws, a loss. Coming off an absolutely shocking defeat to Watford, who were dead and still are dead bottom of the league right now. You're looking and saying, you know, every year we won the Wenger Trophy, which is a top four finish under Arsene Wenger. Right. And now it's maybe it's not so bad. Maybe we need somebody like that because right now I see Arsenal mid-table or worse. I don't see Kroenke investing in the team in a massive way. I don't see Arsenal being that attractive of a place to go uh, versus, say, Chelsea or Tottenham these days. And I apologize to Gunas who are going to hate me for saying that. But, uh, you know, I just think if you're a top player, where are you going to go? Tottenham, Chelsea or Arsenal? Which one? Which one, Kartik? Uh, I'm probably going to go to Spurs or, or Chelsea, right? It's not going to be Arsenal. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, it's not going to be yeah, Arsenal. They're, and, they're not I attractive. Think, no, they're not attractive anymore, and they're actually a club, I think, that uh, has lost its identity by letting go of Wenger. They have made it clear bringing in Emery. They want a manager that's more defensive, that's more pragmatic. Well, there was one thing about Arsenal, even when they weren't winning trophies, we could say, which is they had a clear identity molded by their manager, one of the great managers yeah. in the history of English football. So they've lost that. They're, they're a nothing club, right? I don't want to say they're a nothing club. That's, that's an exaggeration. But you know what I'm saying. They're not the club they were Kartik. before Arsene Wenger walked out the door because they lost that soul, that identity. And you know as a Liverpool fan, after, the Kenny, after Kenny Daglish left and you were stuck with Graham Souness and went through a succession of managers, that's very hard to get back. Hey, how about Man United fans? I mean, look what they've gone yeah. through after Alex yeah. Ferguson left. Same. It's very hard. Yeah. Unfortunately, Arsenal is a team without a spine. Arsenal is a yeah. team without any characters, without anyone willing to stand up and take responsibility for that football club. Their players are all limp-wristed wusses. No one. The great Arsenal players uh, of the last 20 years must be just vomiting in the back of their throats every time they see it. All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. Let's talk a bit more Arsenal, and I'll get Kartik's final thoughts of history soccer. XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, we've been talking Arsenal Football Club. I mentioned perhaps an Arsene Wenger return. You gave me some good reasons why you don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to throw it over to you, and I'm going to give you one other name right now about a potential managerial shakeup because I cannot believe that Unai Emery is going to continue there much longer. Thierry Henry. Yeah. I, I like that. Or, or, or let, me give you, let me give you another name. Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira. By the way, both character players, players who yeah. led Arsenal red, players who, you know, who, whose personality and leadership led by example, there's not a single player like that on that Arsenal squad right now. 
No, I, I can imagine what Patrick Vieira would have done in the dressing room the other day to the other, to the other guys after that Watford yeah. match. They, they, I mean, that, that's the sort of thing. They're lacking that character in the dressing room. They're lacking the, the Tony Adamses and the Patrick Vieiras and the Dennis Bergkamps. That would be another name. Yeah. Because I know he's, he's in management. Martin Keown. One of those guys. Martin yeah. Keown. Martin Keown, right. another one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, uh, we're going to continue to talk about Arsenal as uh, they continue to implode throughout the season, which they're going to do. I, I, I am convinced now that Emery uh, will not make it through this season. I would likely think he is going to be uh, the next manager potentially sacked. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Who do you think is going to be the next Premier League manager sacked? Send us a tweet at Fifth Street Soccer. Pardon me, Fifth Street Sports. Uh, we'd love to know or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash history sports talk just a reminder monday through friday we love to talk the beautiful game and we love it when you join us uh for me nick eber my co-host Karthik krishnaya we'll speak to you tomorrow have a great night enjoy the football thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.